Well, you know, actually, this it's really beautiful right now. I, I mean, the, with the cloud cover, we're just praying the rain will go around us. But, um, I mean, honestly, the fact that the sun's not on us and it's not too muggy right now, at least, I don't think so. I mean, I feel fair, fairly comfortable. Now, you know, as many of you know, and those uh, from Barefoot Wouldn't, um, I, gr- I grew up in many church traditions as a child. So I, I'm not pure-blood Lutheran, but it's in my family, so I'm half-blood Lutheran. And... Um, but, you know, our text today is discussing the Sabbath. And, and to be honest, I've probably heard every argument, every theological argument from almost every church perspective on the Sabbath. And in, in some cases, honestly, if I should confess myself, I've been part of those arguments, uh, good or fro or whatever it would take place. And, um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because I went online and I just, I Googled, I Googled the Sabbath just the Sabbath, to see what kind of reaction we would get. And uh, it ended up coming to 42 million hits, about, you know, estimate, right? You know, it could be more, it could be less, but about 42 million hits. And so it, it really is a lively discussion. And so, um, but, but today, because uh, our text here is, is focused on that story in the Gospel of Mark, and so, and it's, and it's really kind of, aspect of our faith of what is really the Sabbath and what is meant. So my hope is to really digest this a little bit and really consider it and, and talk about it. As we just read in the gospel reading, we were told that Jesus is walking with the disciples on a path, going somewhere. Now we're not told exactly where he's coming from, and we're not told exactly where he's going to, but that he's going. He's going somewhere. And then, you know, we hear that as they're walking down the path, the disciples walk along, they grab a head of the grain that was uh, growing there, and they started snacking on the grains. And then suddenly we hear the, deci- the, the Pharisees are complaining about it, you know, and they raise to Jesus the question on what exactly is going on. Now, it's, 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 we have to really kind of put some, some context to this text on really what's going on, because, you know, Jesus is really the true evangelist. I mean, he did not stay in one place the whole entire ministry. This guy was on the road. He would go one place for a while, he would teach and preach and declare the God's kingdom, he would go to the next place, and so on. So it's, it's quite possibly that Jesus is either coming from somewhere, and he's going to where he was staying, or he's going to the next place. But either way, that it's still reasonably done according to God's law. That, that's excusable. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. All right? But there's this other question about the Pharisees. Why are the Pharisees there? If Jesus is going from one place to another, why are they there? They're walking down a path. And our paths now, today, unless you, you grew up in a farm and you're walking through the woods, you know, type of a thing. Our paths today are really nice. You know, they're, they're, they're cemented or they're, you know, even in the woods. I've, I've been to, you know, state parks and they have, they have had paths paved, you know. And I was a Boy Scout and so I would get off the path paved and I would just walk down the woods and find a deer trail and just walk along it, right? And so you almost raise the questions, why are the Pharisees there in the first place? Why are they asking are they following Jesus? Are they also traveling along the same path and just happen to see that? 
And my answer to that question is, is kind of, I think they were following Jesus. At this stage already, we know in Jesus' ministry, at the very beginning of his stage, he already kind of, he's not really famous yet, but he's pretty well known in, in Galilee for his teachings and healings. And so I went, based on the other Gospels, the Pharisees did follow Jesus around a lot, actually. They followed him so much that he actually had to go through Samarita, Samaria. Remember the story of the Samaritan woman? Jesus was going through Samaria to avoid the Pharisees so he could have a break. So it's not surprising that the Pharisees would be following them. To put it in a modern term, they were trolling Jesus. They were trolling Jesus on like Facebook. You know, we always hear people trolling people on social media. Well, the Pharisees were literally trolling Jesus. They were trying to find out what he was doing, what, what he was teaching, whatever possibly wrong thing he could do, they wanted to try to catch because they wanted to be right. And they wanted Jesus to be wrong. So that's kind of my guess. Now, it's an assumption on my answer to why the Pharisees were there. But for the most part, I'm going to go with they were following Jesus. They wanted to try to get Jesus in the wrong. And so now to the actual situation. The Pharisees asked Jesus as they... The question, look, why are they doing what is lawful on the Sabbath? And it's really a loaded question, to be honest, because what is really law unlawful that they're doing? And they're kind of questioning what is right or what is wrong. And we read just in Deuteronomy earlier, you know, it talks about the Sabbath, how one shouldn't work. And, you know, in my household, so me, my children, if I have servants, which I definitely don't have servants, unless you count Abraham doing something, then he would be a servant. But I don't have servants. So, but for the most part, it includes everyone in my household. As the head of the house, I should make sure they are taking rest on the Sabbath. So what happened to, to get around that, especially the Pharisees, they had what they called the oral, oral law, the spoken law, the rules to regulate how you could follow the commandments of God. And it's actually very interesting so I, I, what I have here is I don't have the exact book of law that the Pharisees followed. We, have the, we know the 613-some laws that they established of the Old Testament, but they had additional rules. We don't have that exact text, but we do have a 2nd century text that possibly could have come from the Pharisees. Okay? It's very interesting. For example, you know how they established the following of obeying the third commandment. All right, if you, these are things you're not allowed to do. You cannot take a shower on grass. So I'm standing on grass. I cannot take a shower standing on grass. And the reason you cannot take a shower for standing on grass is because you could be watering the grass and that would be considered working in the field because that field block right there, you know, is, is a lot. Okay, another example from the second century text, is that you're not allowed to ride a donkey or any animal going from one place to another because it's considered working your cattle. So I know we have a few uh, farmers of cattle, uh, different folks. You're not, you're not allowed to ride your, your cow anywhere on, on the Sabbath, even if you're traveling. But what you are allowed to do is you're allowed to walk. As long as it's walkable distance and you're going to a friend or a family, not for business, but just going to visit a friend or a family, 
and you're not like not a business association, it's got to be related to you in some form, you can do that. You can travel and you can walk on grass, okay? But you can't kick your feet like you're cutting grass because if you cut grass, that's also working the fields. So they had all these kind of rules established of what you could or could not do so that in hopes that they could follow the third command. Okay, now just for fun, I've looked at modern writings of Jewish rabbis on how they believe you should follow the third command. All right, are you ready for this one? Ladies, you cannot apply makeup to your face because it's considered dying. Dying like dyeing your clothes a different color. Okay, not dying, ah, but dyeing your clothes a different color. So if you're wearing makeup, according to Jewish rabbis, and you put it on as of last night into this morning at all, you have broken the third command, according to this. Okay, rubbing soap to lather your body, applying face cream, polishing your shoes. <clears throat> Someone was talking to me about that uh, earlier. Um, uh, using scope, uh, you know, polishing your utensils, because that's all considered work, because you're either uh, rubbing or polishing, and that would be breaking the third command. Okay, another one, sharpening your pencil. You cannot sharpen your pencil, according to Jewish rabbis of modern, modern days, because that is considered sharpening. You're sharpening another object that's considered work. Opening an umbrella. Please don't rain, okay? <laughs> Unfold, because it's considered building something. Because when you open it, you're building an umbrella, okay? Okay, the very last one. Wearing eyeglasses that are not permanently required. So if any of you are wearing sun, sunglasses, any of you wearing sunglasses, yeah, I see a few of you, you've broken the third command according to Jewish text. Now, of course, I don't believe that. I don't think you've broken the third command, but I just some examples of what the Jews were thinking. So it kind of give us some perspective. So as Jesus' disciples are walking down the road on this path, uh, through this field, they're thinking everything that could possibly do to possibly break the third command, you can't do it all. So, so that, that's against the rule. So when the Pharisees asked Jesus, is this lawful on what your disciples are doing because they, are, they have broken the third command. That's why they're saying that. It's not that they're working. It's just because it's become so close to possibly breaking the command because they could have possibly harvesting the, the grains. So that's kind of the question that the Pharisees are asking. So now Jesus answered to that. He replies to that. And he gives an example from Scripture. And says, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered into the house of God at the time of Erebeth, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus replies to them and giving them an example directly from scriptures of something that they cannot fight or argue with. And specifically, the fact that it was King David, the hero of the Old Testament. And that a high priest, oh, the high priest never sins. Oh, God forbid, the high priest does something bad, right? So he brings up this example and says, listen, when David was in need, when David was in need and he went to God's temple, 
and asked for something to eat. The high priest gave him food to eat. And that was not breaking the third command. Nowhere in the text did it say that it was breaking the third command. So if King David did that, and there are no issues with that, there should be no issues of us walking down the field as we're walking down the field, grabbing a head of grain that's next to us and start snacking on it. We're not harvesting the fields. We're not working. We're just eating something, and that's okay. That's not breaking the third command. That's Jesus' response. Jesus responds to him with a loaded answer, something that they couldn't fight, something they couldn't argue with. And to be honest, they hate that. They really hate that. Later in the text we read that they, the Pharisees meet with the uh, Herodians, and they start trying to figure out how they could get back at Jesus for proving them wrong. So they were out for revenge. They hated that. Now after this, Jesus says something interesting. Jesus says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. We get so high tail on how we should worship. And in what way we should worship. How we should dress. And what way we should dress, whether inside, outside, in the rain, in the forest, wherever it is. But Jesus says, listen, I'm giving you this day for you to have time to re refresh yourself. I'm giving you this time. I'm telling you, you should set aside this time for your own well-being. Not because I'm forcing you to do it, but for the sake of your health. Now, earlier in the week... I, if you have Facebook, which some of you do, and some of you are my friends on Facebook, I posted a little section from the large catechism on Luther writing, because it made me, it just really worked well and I, when I was reading, and, and you forget, the large catechism is quite big compared to the small one. And so as I was reading it, and I was reading in exactly what Luther said, I'm like, I believe this is awesome. But I'm not going to quote everything that Luther says, but I'm just going to summarize. When Jesus says, the Sabbath is for you, what he's saying is that it is a gift for us and a gift from God. So we can gather together just like we're doing here now. We can hear God's word just as we're doing right now. We can participate in the sac sacraments together, which we will do. We will do all of this together so we are richly refreshed in our faith and in the spirit so we can go out so we can go out and then serve him the other days of the week. We can do whatever God has called you to do, whatever vocation you have, whatever job it is, whether you're a student, a teacher, a farmer, whatever it is, so you could have strength to go out and do. It's not for us to regulate so we can be control of, of your behavior, no. But it's for you to be refreshed by it. And it's really an honor that we can do that willingly. And what a blessing. But we're not like the Pharisees. I'm not getting out of you like, oh, you put on makeup, you're, you're, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. No, I'm not like that. We're not like that here. We're here to worship and celebrate together so that we have the gift that God gave us because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that we can come here and worship you not because we have to, but because we can. We can receive your words, your encouragement, your prayers to strengthen us through the week so we can receive your presence 
to give us energy and health that we need to do our duty throughout the week and whatever we do. And I pray that we can be encouraged. And when we wake up Sunday morning, we're not thinking to ourselves, oh man, I got church today. But we're thinking, man, I'm excited we have church today. That we look forward to coming here or wherever it is, at Barefoot, at St. Peter, for traveling, whatever church it is, that we're there to give you praise and receive the gifts that you've blessed us with. We pray this in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us rise together if I ask the worship team to come back up here. And we're going to sing the next hymn, Jesus Messiah.